As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by the one and only Scooty Patootie. What's up, dude? Scooty Patootie, that's a good one. Yeah, I like um, that one. Kind of just progressing through the week at this point, just wait until we get to Wednesday night. You know, that's what Carrie Underwood was always singing about, waiting all day for Wednesday night. Oh, dude, so... I, I, if that doesn't get you tingling for football season, I don't know what does. It does it, I look, so tomorrow night, my daughter's in town, which is amazing. And my mom put together this whole evening because my brother's in town from L.A. as well. So she texts like the family group. She's like, hey, everybody, like I got this great day planned. We're going to go to Angelo's before the game and get pizza and cheesesteaks. And then we're going to go from there down to the stadium. We're going to watch the Phillies play. It's going to be a wonderful day, a wonderful evening. And I was like, oh, my God, that sounds amazing. It pains me to say that I had to honestly like weigh out the options here because Vanderpump, the finale is Wednesday night. Yeah, that's going to be a little rough. And it's not like, I guess for like the first, it's really just the second reunion episode that you could have gotten away with something like that. too. Because it's like, all right, yeah, there's going to be things popping off and people are going to be talking. But obviously the first one with all the emotions that are coming into it and everything that we need to see. You got to be there for the first one. The third one, obviously, we have this big secret reveal looming over us. We don't know how it's going to wrap up. So I, I don't know. I feel for you, but you can always come home, put your daughter to bed, watch it that night. Try to do what I do for everything else and just block out all the social media. That's what I'm going to try to do. Watch it ready to roll. Yeah. So that's exactly what the plan is. We're going to the game. I'm really excited. It's going to be a super fun night. So I'm not bummed about that, obviously, but it's going to be really, really difficult. And you're going to be in charge of all socials during. Yeah, the I won't be. Yeah, I won't be texting any spoilers. Either. Yeah, but you can be on. You have to be on Instagram posting and all that stuff because I will be in a blackout until I get home. I'm not going to open it. I'm not going to look. The game does start at six, so oh. I think I can be back before it's over. I so I can start be it before it's over. You have a built-in excuse too. There's, I, I can't hang out afterwards. Sorry, guys, gotta. Got to get home and put Poppy to bed. Yeah, I got to put my daughter to sleep, not get home and watch reality TV instead of (laughs) hang out with my family. (laughs) This is going to be like the one time that we don't complain about a show being on at 9 p.m. because we usually record afterwards. But now with the new schedule, everything's much easier. We can kind of do it as we go. But those 9 p.m. slots still are a pain in my ass. They do, yeah. Either I'm trying to finish watching a Phillies game, which usually ends at like 9.30, then I have to push things off, or it's just like a weird time. So, you know... I'll be in charge of everything, and I will not spoil anything for you. Appreciate it. You Appreciate can text you. me as you go. I might be asleep by the time that you get back and done, but feel free to text me all you want. I'm sure you're going to wake up. If it actually is as mind-blowing as everyone's claiming it's going to be, and I still, I'm not holding out a lot of hope for this reveal. I don't think no, it's going to land. I don't think I am either. But if it does, you can expect to wake up to paragraphs probably from me. As you know, if I get going, I'll, I'll fire off five or six in a row. So buckle up. Yeah, my favorite are the uh, 3 a.m. text messages that you text me when you're going through the episode trying to get the audio right. Yeah. And something goes wrong and you say, I hope you're sleeping really nicely, you piece of shit. Yeah, and I mean that wholeheartedly. Yeah. I, I wish you could feel just the anger I have at 3 o'clock in the morning when something goes wrong 
because it's always when I'm trying to post the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like I get all the way to the end and then something goes wrong. And meanwhile, you're just like curled up in your bed. Like, Are you imagining sleeping, me sleeping? Like just sleeping soundly. Well, the funny thing is I set this up on my phone a long time ago at like 10, 15. My phone goes on DND. Oh, cool. And I don't bother with it because it's actually really nice and it helps me wind down and get ready for bed when I eventually fall asleep at like 1 a.m. So it's like two hours and 45 minutes of just me probably not sleeping. Why would you sit here and tell me like you waste time? You you physically waste time because you have nothing to do. Oh, no. I'm actively trying to sleep. I just can't fall I don't asleep. care. You, do you want sympathy saying. from me? I just told you I'm up at 3 in the morning. I like, hate texting you. And you think I'm, I'm going to like listen to your sob story and have there, any kind I of sympathy I feel like here? no matter what, if you were up at 3 a.m. in the morning, you're probably still hate texting me. Versus 3 a.m. in the evening? What do you mean 3 a.m. in the morning? You said it first. I said 3 a.m. There's no way I said 3 a.m. Oh, in the boy, morning. tensions are high. Oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Sexy, raspy voice today because of this wildfire going on right now. You so. sound nasally and annoying. Sexy and raspy. <laughs> let's get on with it. So let's start out with the power rankings. We're going to keep going with the power rankings. Oh, yeah. Given this past week, where do the rankings stand? Where are our shows? We got Atlanta. You got Summer House. You got Vanderpump. And you got Jersey. Uh, after last week's events, VPR still reigns supreme, of course. Atlanta takes over the number two spot from Summerhouse. Summerhouse, we'll get into it. Um, Summerhouse drops all the way down, actually, because then I'm going to throw Jersey at three and put Summerhouse at the bottom. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going with Vanderpump, Jersey, Atlanta, Summerhouse. I think anything's fair as long as you have Summerhouse at the end. Really. Summerhouse was a tough showing. It's been a tough season overall. I We'll get into the reunion, obviously, here in a little bit, but... Yeah, it's just it was kind of on par with what we've seen thus far. It's lacking. It's not. Mm-hmm. No, honestly, like Atlanta has become my new favorite thing to look forward to where I'm starting to see something like Summer House is like a task. And it's like, OK, we're getting there. We've got one episode left. Thank God they only have two reunion episodes. If they try to stretch that into three, I don't know where we would have been. It would have really been rough next week. I thought they were going to. When they round up at I the end and it. gave shots, I was like, oh, sweet. It's over. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had the same reaction. I honestly expected three. So halfway through the second, I'm like, they're not going to get really deep into this. They're going to spend the entire third episode with just Lindsay and Danielle. And to our thankful surprise, it's over. So we'll get into that. I think we'll probably give our summer house outlook at the end of our Yeah, review. we'll do the outlook. Yeah, we'll do it end. afterwards. Yeah, we'll do the outlook at the end. Couple of things that happened this week in the news. Louis X came out and filed a restraining order against him, claiming that he had a private investigator dig into her shit. Did you see the actual claim though? No. That this, I guess Louis X is a therapist, and I, I'm gonna have to double check this while you're talking, but I'm pretty sure Louis X is a therapist, which kind of makes sense. I, I think his yeah. sisters are also therapists, or her mom is as well. He did say, didn't he come from a family of therapists? I Something think that was like a line that, that he yeah. said. So supposedly he hired a PI to go in as a sort of patient for his ex and do it that way. Now, I mean, like I've been to a therapist. You've been to a therapist. Sure. Usually the therapist doesn't divulge a whole lot of personal information. They don't do that whole like, let me get on your level and explain a story that I have. You'd get to talk the whole time. So I don't know what he was expecting here. If it's true at all. I, I think there's two ways that you can look at it. One, Louis fucking crazy. So, of course, this is true. Well, that is true. But so all about Real Housewives um, in their podcast, they are on their page, I guess. They posted like a whole thing, a series, if you will. I guess she's not 
the most credible source. I guess she's kind of wacky too. Like she might not be all there, which would also well, make she sense. She got married to him. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. So I think that we can say if this happened, it would not be that surprising given Louis. Nope. If it's exacerbated because his ex is a little cuckoo, also not crazy and out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. And it's so, also super consistent with what's going on right now where he keeps talking about PIs. I don't know. It, like I said, you can look at it two ways, and both can be ultimately true. Yeah. And I wouldn't argue with either side. No, you know what? No arguments from us either way. Nope. <laughs> right down the fucking middle. <laughs> and up next, out of Beverly Hills, we got news that Kathy Hilton is done. She's out. She's not coming back in any way, shape, or form. Not a friend of, not a cousin of, definitely not a full-time member. She's out. How do we feel about that? How do you feel about that? I feel fine. I can't imagine that she would be able to come back after that whole Aspen bullshit that drug on for like six episodes. It, it was too tumultuous. I always felt like Kathy didn't necessarily need that show. She doesn't need the do show. Anything. Her last name's Hilton. Yeah. And I think that, no, I, I think ultimately what the move would be for Kathy Hilton would be to just join up or show up as a cameo mom of, if you will, for for Paris's uh, show on Peacock, which I guess is getting a second season that comes out next year or this year. So she, again, does not need Beverly Hills. It seems like more aggravation. Did we agree with anything that Kathy did on screen? Mostly no. I, she had some funny quips here and there, but that's what she's good for. The whole of everything, I don't need her on the show. I'd actually rather her move on. Rit is obviously gone. Let's see what we have with everybody else. Try to move on from the old dynamic, the old bullshit that we kind of grew tired of. But that takes us to Atlanta, uh, and they're trying to get to the bottom of like what's going on this weekend. So, I, look, do I agree with kicking the door when we know the daughter's in the room? Absolutely not. No. Do I f understand the frustration of this crew that are like, what the fuck is going on, and why the fuck are we here? Why are we in Birmingham for a girls' trip for a football game that we don't want to go to? We don't understand what's happening can you just let us in a little and bit? More importantly, why are we going to bed at 9 p.m. on a girl's trip on a housewife show? Right. It makes it, no sense. I am glad that Marlo was like, I'm going to go get a steak. I was like, all right, well, at least you're making the most out of tonight. Maybe she was just hungry. But we get drama between Manetta and Marlo. They're kind of saying the same thing. Like, Pretty that's much. That's why I was confused. But they both, it, it cuts to a little confession with Sheree. And she's like, they both need to get the last word in. And then it goes to them, like, actually talking over one another, just trying to get the last word. I'm like, yeah, I respect that. No, I, I, I hear where you're coming from. Yeah. So they're agreeing. Yeah. They're not agreeing. And with Magneta specifically, she said something in her confessional that kind of stuck out to me where she was talking about how Kenya pretty much just ditched her and left her with all of these women that she doesn't like. Yeah. If you're Magneta and you're trying to kind of get a firm grasp of your role on this show, you're going to have to learn how to play with everyone. Well, that, you that, can't just yeah. stick to Kenya's side and expect her to defend you all the time and not expect to be in one-on-one -on -one situations or 1v4 or 5 situations. I think she did a good job coming back the next morning at least. And look, we, we don't know if that whole truce thing is going to happen mm. moving forward. Probably not. But in that moment, I'm thinking, stand up for yourself. Like This is your chance to maybe separate yourself as friend of Kenya yeah. and go on and be Magneta. But then... She gets a door slammed on her. Yeah. And 
quickly. I mean, I don't know how anybody wouldn't react the same way. I would have been livid if someone tries to slam a oh, door on she, me. When she Dude. went like shoulder shiver through the door and yeah. was yelling. I mean, it was very clear that Marlo went and took both hands and swung the door back. I love, I love yeah. that. And I love Sheree just trying to defend it. Like, yeah, that door is heavy. It's Let's do heavy, it. Let's do a test. We, I'll bring it up right now. I wrote it down to talk about later. But yeah. When they're sitting there later and they're all kind of having a kumbaya moment because Kenny's in the hospital, so things got really real. Everyone kind of settles down a little bit. They're going over the door again. And she's Sheree's like, yeah, I mean, it was a really heavy door. Like, it, it, that thing, did you feel it? It was heavy. And it shows a clip of the door shutting with nobody near it. <laughs> That's the best is Marla's in the background like, are you serious? Like, oh, my God. Like, that, that was a heavy, you know what? Now that you mention it, that door she was did, pretty heavy. She's like, you know what? I, I don't know. I was drinking. Maybe I don't know. And I love that she called her life coach in the morning. But I want to ask you one thing. When Marlo's standing outside and she gets she gets her drink delivered to her first while she's waiting for her food, she pants over and says, maybe we could take those scooters around. What yeah. do you think? Have you ever been to a scooter city? Yeah. Like where they're zipping around on the scooters? They are hilarious. Yeah. I was in LA and they're just like laying around on the street everywhere. Yeah. They'll be like on somebody's front lawn. They'll be in the middle of the street. They'll yeah. be all over the place. And I just love that it was right next to construction signs, just laying in the middle of the street. Like, yeah, that seems fine. Let's just grab those scooters and just get the hell out of here. You know what I loved? When Marlo goes outside and she's talking, like acting like she's not phased by what just went on inside. Yeah. Like she went outside to cool down. She has like a conversation with the family standing next to her. She's like, she says something. God, what did she say? She says something about her dinner. And she looks at this like family of four next to her and she says, like, yeah, you guys get it. And they're like, they just kind of like wander <laughs> off. I forget what she said, but it was a really funny moment. She's now she's just talking to the general public. Yeah. And they're like, oh, all right. Nothing wrong yeah, with that. Okay. As we get into this more, uh, you do start to see how people act and tick and you know, people that you like. You, you'll still you'll start to see some cracks in the armor, if mm-hmm. you will. And with Kenya on the phone, and Sonya's trying to like, hey. What's going on? I just need to understand like what this weekend's about. And Kenny's like, you know what? Just go home. Just just go home. I look, I don't understand this as a whole because Kenya in her confessional says this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yes. Now, as soon as she said that, I started drawing parallels to Drew's performance with Candace the week before, two weeks before. And how she was building it up to be this big thing, and then she was on stage for 45 seconds. Wait a minute. I think, look, if you think yeah. about it, <laughs> I know Kenya is bigger than Drew, obviously, but this whole Birmingham thing, none of the women know what they're doing. She's going to a HBCU football game at halftime. She has this whole outfit. I'm wondering what she's actually going to be doing, because she's building this up to be a huge weekend. It's a huge secret. Nobody knows what's going to go on. I just imagined these women sitting in the crowd or maybe on the sideline, whatever they might be doing. And they just see Kenya come out, do a little dance for like 30 to 45 seconds. And then that moves on because this is a huge halftime show I'm imagining. So there's probably a lot more pieces to this than just Kenya Moore. But what if there wasn't? Maybe it wasn't. Look, maybe it wasn't. I'm not in the business of giving people the benefit of the doubt at this point. No, I know. But I imagined that right away. And I thought how funny that could have been. Two weeks after Drew just did that and everybody was ragging on her for being on stage for 30, 45 seconds. Imagine those women, if if they were dragged to Birmingham, had no idea what was going on, had to go to bed at 9 p.m. the night before, got kicked out of a club, had to go to this football game that they didn't want to be at, that they made it very clear they have no idea why they're there. And they watch Kenya on on the field for 30 to 45 seconds. They would be livid. It would be hilarious. Look, that's a very funny scenario. I, I find it hard to believe that that was the setup. 
I don't know. Crazier things have happened, but but at the very least, Kenya finally like lets them know what's going on, and we get a scene of Courtney trying to, I guess, like talk Marlo off the ledge. And this I found interesting, just because I feel like Courtney, who is new, mm-hmm. and again, we don't know the history on the show, but to enter the show and set your sights on not only Candy, but also Kenya, that's a tall order. It is. That's a big, big order to be like, but she's, I'm not saying she's doing it well, because she's a little sloppy, like she's a little messy with how she goes about it, but... She is going to other characters with this shit. She's mm-hmm. not the one doing it. She's the behind the scenes. She's the little finger, if you will. I like that. Yeah, and yeah. she's kind of moving the pieces. She gets Marlo kind of fired up, but she also plays the, hey, let's calm down card. Yep. Gets cool with that person, then gets them fired up and kind of pushes them away and sends them off to do her bidding. Like I don't think that she has the power to be like telling them what to do, but she's definitely... Definitely influencing them a little bit. I think that, yeah, I think you're right on that. And if you think about it, a couple episodes ago, we saw her, I don't even think you can say try to go toe to toe with Candy because she didn't. She backed down immediately. I think she realizes, hey, I can't go after these women directly because I will get crushed. Yeah. If she tries to go after Kenya or Candy directly, Candy especially, she will get knocked down 10 pegs. Oh, yeah. But she knows better than that. So she's going behind the scenes. She knows that Marlo doesn't really like either of them. Mm. So let's kind of work on her a little bit. Let's talk to Sheree because Sheree's got beef over here. Let's talk to this person. Let's go around the, like pretty much around the horn and just see who we can get on our side. So you can see her kind of playing the game a little bit. I wish I liked Courtney more because I can respect that game. But every time I think about Courtney, I think about her walking into a room. And in this episode, you saw that. It was like eight o'clock in the morning. Everybody's like, hey, how's it going? What's up? How are we doing? Courtney goes in, hey. Uh, yeah, like, oh, God, that early morning, high-pitched voice. No, you don't like, you're not a fan. No, not anyone fan that, that does that. That's a really funny qualm to have. Yeah. Like, I'm totally cool with her until she walked into that room at 8 a.m. No, every time that she walks into a room where she's seeing people, she does that. It's that voice. I, I don't know what it is. I can't No, I it. get it. I get it. But, but we get a quick cut from Birmingham, and it's Candy and Todd, and... Why I want to talk about this, because it wasn't like a major breakthrough scene. But again, I'm starting to pick up on some things. So she sets aside time for Todd. Like she has to physically schedule time for her husband Mm -hmm. because her schedule is so crazy. No shade there. Do what you got to do. Spend that time with him. When she's spending the time with him, she's on her phone for the majority of it. Yes. When it goes to her confessional. She addresses that she's like, you know what? I get that I should be there more. I should be more attentive. He does it for me. Like, I need to do better. We've heard her say that like three different times now in regards yeah. to Todd and, and that she needs to be more present in those moments. The more you say it without doing it kind of defeats the purpose. It's almost like she realizes after the fact that she wasn't present in those moments. And yeah. now she's going to the confessional like, okay, maybe I... If I take a softer approach during these confessionals, I can kind of speak into action, if you will, at this point. So who knows, you know, timeline wise, how that's going to work. But I agree with you. Did you notice that Todd essentially just wrote hall pass? It is. Jason it's, Sudeikis. Yeah, and, it's pa- It's called pass. And it, like that's the first thing I thought. I was like, oh, it's like hall pass. It's the exact same thing, which is fine because all movies are derivative anyway, for the most part. So maybe it's better than the original. I mean, I thought the original was very funny, but maybe this is better. Who the knows? The premise is funny enough. It is a really I funny will, premise. I will definitely see Pass, The Pass. Like, that sounds like a funny concept. Yeah. So even if it is Hall Pass, reincarnated, I'll probably enjoy every minute Absolutely. of it. So 
we're here for the pass. So can you give Todd more time on the pass so we can get the pass moving? We need that in, in post-op. Okay. Yeah. Not uh, post-production. Post-op. <laughs> Jesus. I'm really tired. <laughs> we need it in post-production. We're not in the industry, if you couldn't tell. But anyway, we're going back to Birmingham. We get a little discussion between Candy and Todd about Candy's mom, but we'll get there when Candy's mom enters the frame. But we're back in Birmingham, and the morning starts out with Marlo and her life coach, which I thought was a phenomenal scene. Mm. Just because you watch her kind of lose it the night before, and even while she's going through it the night before, she's talking about her life coach and how she's going to have to call her in the morning and yeah. like pretty much start from square one. But seeing the actual conversation with the life coach was so funny because it was like, from what I can tell, at least, Marlo's fairly self-aware. Like yeah. She does seem to know when she's going off, but she doesn't care to stop. But she does seem aware in the moment that, yeah, no, I'm I'm going balls to the wall and I don't care. Like, this is happening. I'll I'll repent tomorrow. But for yeah, the time I'll, being. Yeah, I'll deal with that issue tomorrow. Yeah, but when she's talking to her, she says something really interesting about Kenya. She says, I don't like her, but I admire her. Which I thought was a sweet sentiment. And that's what we talked about last week with that mutual respect. Mm-hmm. If you have two feuding characters that at least have a level of respect for one another, I feel like the drama always gets way better because it's it's deeper. Yeah. There's more to kind of like dig into versus, oh, I hate that person. I hate them. They're terrible. What a stupid bitch, blah, blah, blah. All like the, the usual stuff. Yeah. It just seems so forced and like face value versus like, yeah, I admire this person. They drive me fucking crazy and I'm going to tell them how I feel about them. But behind that, I respect her. Yeah, and I like that a lot about this show, too, because I thought the exact same thing. And she did that, I think, three times in this episode alone. Once, obviously, twice with Kenya. Mm-hmm. This first one. And then she did it with Magneta after Magneta started dancing. Yep. And she says, you know what? You can't take that away from her. She can dance. I might not like her, but she can dance. Yeah, Magneta can I dance. I like that. Like, give respect where respect's due. And if you don't like somebody, you don't have to like somebody. But if they do something that you do like, you can still say, hey, I do like that. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Praise is okay. It, it seems way more real than what we get in these other franchises, which is, again, why we've enjoyed, you know, five episodes into this, why we're starting to look forward to this every week. Which is really funny because the reviews for this season have not been great. People are saying that Atlanta's not doing great this season. We're both thoroughly enjoying it. This isn't great that I can't wait for great. Yeah, great. We're excited for great because we've been enjoying it. But back to it, Kenya wakes up and she's sick. And she seems to be really sick. And I wrote this down. Do you think production made her call the ambulance? <laughs> I wrote the exact same thing down. I I imagine production going in because she even said, I told her, well, no, she didn't say it. But the, the caption said, Kenya told production that she wasn't going to be able to shoot that day because she was sick. And I'm like, oh, no, she has to call an ambulance. Oh, no. Production's in the room with her yeah. filming her call the ambulance, even though she's struggling and she was struggling mightily. They talking filmed about her saying, I can't even call the ambulance. And yet they just Stupid watch. phone. And then she just drops the phone and then finally calls. And I'm thinking the entire time, like, did she have a discussion with production beforehand saying, you know, I don't really feel that great. But yeah, I can probably call the ambulance. If she was, and look, I'm not going to knock down anybody's feelings if, you know, she was actually really that sick and really hurting. 
then maybe production would have just called the ambulance for her. That's, I was so confused. I'm like, they're filming her say that she can't call an ambulance. Yeah, like, no. please step in but and I knew call it an wasn't, ambulance. At the very least, I guess, I, it kind of put your concerns to rest immediately because yeah. she was able to call the ambulance for herself. Right. If it was production had to call an ambulance for Kenya because she wasn't breathing correctly and she couldn't even call, then you're like, oh, shit, what's going on? Or if you couldn't on? get a camera on her in that moment. Yeah. Like, it was, seeing her definitely like eased up the tension. For sure. But she gets taken out on a stretcher and heads to the hospital and <laughs> editing, I thought the editing was really funny because it cuts quickly to Marlo who's reading a, a quote out of the Bible and I think it was like, and though I may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, like I think that was the moment. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's that, that's good editing. Yep. That's good editing, especially because everybody's okay. So it's a funny edit. The whole group gets together to kind of discuss what's going on and Again, you see the level of respect at least come out because they FaceTime Kenya and Marlo's immediately saying, all right, like right, I'm saying a prayer for you. We're worried about you. Hope you're okay. Acknowledging that everything they had done up to that point was such trivial nonsense. Mm-hmm. It was bullshit. And it's nice to have these moments. But it, to me, it's always foreshadowing because you get this like lovely moment everyone's like vibing everyone gets it everyone sees through the bullshit of reality tv for like a split second where they're right. like you know right. what guys none of this stuff is that important we don't need to be each other's throats let's all just get along can we just get along and they have this big like come to jesus moment together where everyone's like we can carry this into atlanta <laughs> this can be like this forever and you're like oh something's about to go horribly wrong well the other thing is you're also missing two housewives that will stir some shit up yeah I, know. I mean candy obviously but drew not being there and she's at odds with a couple different people especially now marlo after a couple of weeks ago so two of them missing during this whole thing then you get kenya going to the hospital and Magneta's just left by herself with the rest of them and the rest of them are fine with each other for the most part so yeah obviously we can carry the four out of five of us who actually like each other back to atlanta that's fine kenya's not there to speak up Drew's not there to speak up, and Candy's not there to speak up. So it's, you know, completely empty promises. You get again Courtney inserting herself with Sheree, one of the OGs. She goes back to Sheree and says, well, quick question about my cousin, and, like, asks her about Drew, because mm-hmm. Drew and Sheree aren't cool. Because originally they were, and then Drew goes on a podcast and says, yeah, at the reunion when she gave everybody she by Sheree stuff, she took all of it. She confiscated it. No one actually got anything. We later find out that's not true. The thing that she picked, and you can see it when they wheel that John out there, and she's like, that's my personal bag. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I believe that. Makes sense. I believe that that was your personal bag because it looked like it was stuffed with shit, and there was only one bag. So, like, if that's your personal bag, that makes sense. She questions Drew, and Drew's like, well, I didn't get the bag. It's like, so she didn't confiscate everything. She took her own personal belongings and left. The rack of clothes that was I mean, in this world now, and obviously we have our own podcast, but in this world of podcasts now, people just get on there and start talking shit about somebody else on the show. fucking hysterical. And then it pops back up a little bit later. Like, we're going to see ourselves on screen in, like, six to ten months with talking to someone else. And they're going to use that as an excerpt from a podcast. But they know that, right? Like, they definitely know that. Absolutely, yeah. um, But... You immediately get questions about the the sanctity of the vibe check. Yeah. Because they go outside and Marlo's like, ah, it's just not going to work out with Mignetta, guys. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> she, she can't have everything we want here, but uh, she's not going to be Look, part of I know it. what I said behind that glass like five minutes ago, but let's be real. She can't hang. She can't hold her own. Like, it's just it not going to. It might have been 30 seconds. Like, it's literally smiling at Mignetta as she's walking out the door. The door closes behind her. She's like, yeah. 
she's definitely not going to work. But that's the thing, and that's why I like Marla, because that's absolutely true. As soon as Magnetti gets back and she has her friends, she's going to act like that didn't happen. But you can hang if you have, like, she can still hang if she's on Kenya's team. It can still be Kenya versus I, Marlo. She's I just not going to be like a mainstay. She, Kenya yeah, needs her supporters. She does, yeah. And certain people need supporters, and that's fine. But I do love that Marlo immediately points it out because I was thinking it too. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course Magneta in this moment is going to say, yeah, absolutely, we can take this back to Atlanta. What is she going to say? No, I hate all of you? I, no, but I'm just saying. Probably not. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. But and of course, like just before we leave our little morning crew, after everybody just had a great time, nice and copacetic, we get a little breakdown of what's going on with Kenya. And it starts off with Magneta talking about how Kenya's doing. You know, she doesn't want us to come over. We can't go see her because she's still, you know, struggling with a fever here and there, whatever. Marlo says, I tried to send her flowers and they told me that she checked out already. Oh. <laughs> and everybody just looks completely dumbfounded like wait wait wait, what what happened i don't know what's going on and marlo hit us with i think the funniest line that i've heard all year honestly marlo looks back up during her confessional and says i told that bitch get well soon not immediately <laughs> and that was she had a awesome. better line way before that but she has great lines and that line she does. the one-liners are great what was i wrote it down Magneta kisses more ass than Kenya eats. <laughs> yeah, that was also great. But it is really funny because obviously this whole trip was supposed to be for Kenya. And obviously, look, I mean, if you feel well enough to go home, you just go the hell home. You don't want to be stuck in hospital. You don't want to do this and that. But it is funny that Magneta is still sitting there like, no, she doesn't want anybody to come over. She's still feeling like pretty down. She's got a fever, blah, blah, blah. No, she's actually not in the hospital anymore. She's actually back in Atlanta. Yeah, We're still left. stuck in Birmingham. You guys are still down. Eating in... Uber Eats breakfast, but yeah. she's gone. She's, she's chilling at home. Yeah. So not only did Sonya leave the night before, which has got to be funny if you're Sonya, because you, like you said, you get on the phone with Kenya and Kenya just tells you right away, go home. Well, Kenya I, then I later, home. she's on the phone and she goes, who am I talking to right now? And Sonya's like, okay. <laughs> like, you don't remember my, yeah, okay. And you don't remember the sound of my voice? It's like, I, I, I have 102 fever. I went to the hospital. Nah, no, see, I'm on the flip side there. If, if I'm Sonya, I'm like, yeah, fuck this. I'm out of here. Like, if you, oh, that's funny. the fact that you didn't respect the fact that these women who aren't your closest friends still showed well, up for your did, thing. She also said that to Sonya the night before, so she wasn't sick at that point. To the best of our knowledge, right? No. So, all right. So, yeah, actually, you're probably right. I am right. Good for you. Thanks. Proud of you. Shut up. <laughs> but we get to check in with Kenya uh, back in Atlanta, and Sheree goes over there to check on her. I do not like that she went immediately with the, I don't remember anything. Like, we get yet a 102 fever. I'm not saying it wasn't scary, and I'm not saying you don't forget some of the evening. But you know what happened. Yeah. You know what happened. You know what you said. Like, you know you weren't super nice. Sonya really did nothing at all except ask you what was going on mm -hmm. so that she could stay and have a reason to stay. And you told her to go home because you wouldn't. You didn't want to divulge that you were in the halftime show, which you do 10 minutes later to Sheree. And then Sonya tries to, like, extend some kind of, like, peace. She's like, hey, 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 on the speakerphone. She's like, tries to talk to her. She's like, who is that? And she's like, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> so I totally get that she left. And then we are with Candy and Candy's mom. Candy's mom is not nice to Todd. No, Candy's that's putting it nicely. Is really fucking mean to poor Todd. Yeah. And I don't know Todd. We're new to this. We don't know Todd. I like Todd. Todd seems kind of harmless. I have no real issue with Todd. I mean, I haven't seen him do anything this season, obviously. He's just been working on his Hall Pass movie. 
for pretty much the entire season, then he's been a good dad the whole time for the most part. So I don't see any issues. You have no issues with Todd. Now, I do agree that when, and we see this earlier, when Todd and Candy are talking, he makes a good point. And, and I like this because it's tough. You you don't want to step on the toes of your in-laws, especially when you're talking to her daughter. And he makes a good point. And he says, do you think that she just likes to run with that whole, you know, I'm I'm the crazy the crazy mother-in-law that, what likes to give my son-in-law shit. Yeah, he, went he wasn't production. necessarily mad about it. It looks like he, more than anything, he's just kind of tired of it. Maybe his feelings have been hurt too much. And he just doesn't feel like dealing with it necessarily anymore. He doesn't really know what to do. And Candy doesn't even know what to do. She's just like, yeah, I, I really don't know. But I'll talk to her. And that's a really nice moment because, I agree. Look, you're married. Let me go deal with my mom. If she's got an issue with you, I'll go, to, I'll go talk to her one-on-one. We'll see what's going on. I'll tell her to lighten up on the jokes because nobody's getting anything out of this. She likes to sit up on stage at BravoCon and talk about how short you are. It, Andy gave you a moment to be nice to Todd, and you took a moment to go strike his height. You Not only so that, it, it then it went wrong. viral. Yeah. So now the guy's getting blasted all over social media because... <laughs> but Todd's Todd's explanation makes the most sense to me. That she's just leaning into like, oh, I'm the mean mother-in-law on TV. Yeah, I think so, too. But when she questions her about it, I love that she goes with the old school approach of he just, he needs to lighten up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, he's too wound up. Tell him yeah, to lighten he, up. He's, he's too wound up. He's He, he turned into George Jefferson. Yeah. And like, no, you're <laughs> being rude about the father of your grandchildren. Like, yeah. She said that. That's what I'm like, yeah. Like they're gonna have to watch this shit back, and he says that their one child is already getting tired of it. Yep, like noticing like the digs and the put downs. But she comes after. It's so funny, like especially with. But it's so funny with what she comes at him with. She's like, you know, he's not teaching the kids to take out the trash. Pretty much, her issue with him is that he's not a quote unquote real man. Yeah, and she's saying more or less how soft Todd is, and. It sucks to hear that from your mother-in-law, but at the same time, if I'm Todd, that would actually make it all way easier because I'd be like, all right, she just has this old school approach to like what a man should be. He's a good dad, seemingly. He is successful as well. Their marriage seems to be good. Candy needs to put in a little more time with him because my man needs to get this movie made, and he puts in the time with her. Should be reciprocated. But what's your problem? Yeah, I, I mean, what I don't know. You, maybe what, maybe we'll problem, see it. Mom? Maybe we'll see it come to a head because obviously it's gotten to the point where, like you said, the kids are starting to be impacted. It's happening a lot to the point where it's going viral, especially at BravoCon. So maybe we'll see this season that Todd and Candy's mom get to sit down and have a little one-on-one. I think that would be kind of funny to watch. I just, honestly, I want to see the roast of Todd via his mother-in-law, which isn't fair. I know that's mean. But it's you know she's got some good jokes. She's got to have some saved yeah, up. She's like that's all. Like maybe there. one more when they go to therapy. Maybe the therapist. Oh, they're going to therapy now with the mom. I know the mom and Candy are going to therapy. Okay, that's all what right. they ended the conversation. They're gonna go see. Yeah, I mean, if I'm the mom and I've got like four or five really good zingers maybe lined up, I'm just gonna get do. them all out. And right. Just, you know what? I'm done. Like fresh the out. Final roast. Like here you go. Here's my five I best. Like and then uh, now let's move on. Let's yeah, prepare. I'm into that. So I think that we push for that. And hopefully that happens. But I, I, I honestly, hopefully Todd's just okay because I feel bad that he gets picked yeah. up. Yeah. But it is kind of funny. But the final scene is with Sheree, Drew, and Kenya. They're getting IV drips as Kenya tries to like be human again because she's been sick for so long. Mm-hmm. But as they're sitting there talking, we get 
Sheree confronts Drew about what the issue is, why she has an issue with her. This is where we clear up the drama about she by Sheree and whether she did or did not confiscate the freebies that she gave out, which she did not. She just took her own shit and the bag back. But they end it, and I think this is important to note because I do because I do feel like production and producers are going to try to push the show in this direction. The shooting comes up again, and they talk about Quentin, and they talk about what went down at the restaurant. We don't get that much further into it before the episode ends, right? but you can see that they're really trying to, they definitely had a conversation with Drew prior to this to be like, hey, bring up the Marlowe incident once more. Like, let's, let's push this narrative a little bit. I feel like they want to, they know that this could be good TV, so they're trying to push it. One, yeah. it's, a, it's a compelling story because mm-hmm. we want to know what happened. Two, you're forcing somebody that does not want to talk about their shit to talk about their shit. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the point of the whole thing is you see that when production actually breaks the fourth wall and comes into Candy's restaurant and says, are we not going to talk about the elephant in the room? I think that they feel a little scorned by that. They're probably a little tired. The candy's avoiding things, especially on screen. When you're on this show, talk about anything that's out there. If we're going to bring news that you're involved in and you're on this show and it's current, talk about it. Like That's the only stipulation really in this contract. Now, obviously they can't force you to talk about, one thing or another, but what they can do is talk to the other castmates and say, look, push this a little bit. It'll be great TV. It'll be great for you. You'll be able to move forward as one of like the premier houseway franchises. It's going to be a great season. If we can just get candy to kind of get on fire during this whole thing. I don't blame production for wanting to do that, especially because we've seen multiple times where she just avoids it and just tries to spin narrative or just try to change the subject. So I'm all for it. I, could be famous last words, honestly, because mm-hmm. the next couple episodes could be terrible, especially if Candy refuses to talk about it and everybody just gets fed up with it. But we'll see where it goes, and I don't really blame them for trying. We see it jumps off in the scenes from next week. It says like three days after this was filmed, and it looks like things are heating up. So Yeah, in the uh, escape room. Yeah, so it doesn't look like things are going to stay as vibeful as they vibe-ful, did. Yeah. Vibeful as they were in Birmingham, but... Uh, Here's the hoping. Shooter here to talk to you guys about ZocDoc. Now look, pretty much all of us go through the same things. We realize that other people are going through the same things that we're going through. How many times have you had a nagging injury or just something that you refuse to get looked at, but it just keeps building and building and building? We all do it. I can't tell you how many times I've pushed off a doctor's appointment just because I didn't feel like doing it. I didn't have the energy to do it. I had to go to work. I got to shoot my podcast and see Steel for another six straight days. God forbid any of that happens. But look, ZocDoc is here to make things a little easier for you. And look, finding a good doctor can be a little scary, but when you go on ZocDoc, You can look through a bunch of different doctors, try to get a good vibe going on, and when you find the right doctor that's just right for you, it's seamless. The quality care you need is just a few taps away in the ZocDoc app. On ZocDoc, you'll find quality doctors who focus on you, listen to you, and prioritize your care. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. Book an appointment with a few taps in their app and start feeling better faster with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash bros and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash bros. ZocDoc.com slash bros. 
What's up, bros? It's summertime, which means that you've got vacations planned, you've got money saved, you've got money allotted for certain specific things. We're trying to enjoy ourselves this summer. What happens if something unexpected pops up? You get in a fender bender, you get in a pinch for cash, you need money right away, and you don't have it. You spend it on that trip to Boca. You know what I'm saying? It's okay. Things happen. And when those things happen, Dave has got you covered. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to 500 instantly with extra cash. With Dave, there's no interest, late fees, or a credit check. That's more money to fill your tank, finally get your car repaired, or catch up on bills without having to wait for your next paycheck. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Future you, what a guy. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now or go to dave.com slash bravbros. That's dave.com slash bravbros. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. And that takes us to the last Summer House episode we have to review for a very long time. And I, for one, am thrilled about it. Because let's do the State of the Union right now. All right. This season was taxing. This season was uneventful. This season was a bummer. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you remove Corey from the equation, which was really the only bright spot the entire time, it was a bummer of a season. It was. Bummer of a summer. It was a (laughs) bummer. Fuck, that was a layup. I missed that. I know. Bummer of a summer. And look, Carl said that, like a few episodes would get better. They did because they started partying a little bit, but what the reunion reminded me of was just that the season overall was a dud. Like the whole topic of conversation is Lindsay and Danielle, Mm -hmm. which could have been lumped into two episodes max. Like they drug that out for so fucking long and he didn't need to. And I, I do think that when Andy gets to that point later, I don't agree with what Andy did this episode at all. I do think that when he gets to the point of like, this is not as big of a deal as y'all made it out to be. I do agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know. We've had a couple of, we've had a couple of ideas for what we might want to see moving forward for this show. I think I know what's going to happen. And I think the way that it works, obviously they start filming, I think right around July 4th, which we've said before, after watching this episode, I got pretty much confirmation that they're just going to run it back with the same people. Oh, yeah, or you'll be same, a full-time yeah. castmate, which is fine. Uh, you kind of need that, honestly. But I don't think anybody's getting the axe. I don't think anybody knew's coming on. And I think they just want to see how the dynamic's going to work out. Lindsay and Carl get married at the end of the year. It's pretty much just one last ride. I think that they're going to let them run it through, see how it goes. Maybe it gets a little better. Maybe Lindsay and Danielle are friends, which we get a little bit of a hint at towards the end of the episode, or really the last thing that we see at the end of the reunion. And we'll see how it goes. And if it sucks, it sucks. They'll probably just scrap everybody, figure out where they want to put them on the Bravo network, move on, and see what happens. I think we get one newbie. I think we get a new dude in the house. I think that's it. Because there's a lot of single ladies in the house now. You need to balance it out with another single dude. Because Corey's coming in, but Corey's not single. That's a good point. You need to have, because that'll be Otherwise, a it's just Chris, yeah. Right? So you need a new guy. Maybe you bring Luke back. Luke, oh, you know Luke what? Would be an interesting. Luke, dynamic. I bet Luke will be. A, he'll be back at least in a friend of capacity. That would make sense. I mean, he showed least. up for one party. He showed up for Kyle's birthday. Party, yeah, but he, but he didn't even have a line now. But I think that he comes back as a friend of. I think you get a newbie in there full time, and I think that's the way they're going to go. And like you said, they're going to pretty much run it back. I got the same vibe when Andy gave his like send off at the end. I was like, okay, they're going to do this again. Yep. 
this is not the end of this cast. Yeah, so, I got that when they were sitting in the dressing room between like taking a break between filming, and you could see everybody, Sans, Carl, and Lindsay sitting in a room together, just kind of discussing what they're doing and what's going on. You get Kyle's weird toast where he says he just wants everybody to kind of get along and move on with their lives. And right then and there, I'm just thinking to myself, this is just one last summer. Send them off. See how it goes. I Look, I, for how this goes, I think that Carl's too mature for this show now. Seemingly, yeah, that, and, that's and look, the issue. I, I want to make sure that this is phrased correctly. I support what he's doing. I actually, during this reunion, felt like he took every ounce of responsibility that he could have, maybe a little bit more even for Lindsay, which is fine as a partner. I thought that he apologized when he needed to. I thought he talked about very real things, which seemed genuine the whole time. Genuine the whole time. I just think that he's too mature for this show because honestly, I root for the guy in his personal life and I hope that he moves on to bigger and better things. I think that marriage is going to help him move forward. And I don't think he needs the show anymore. We've talked about Lindsay before. Lindsay's not friends with anybody in the house. There's no reason for her to be on this show anymore. Unless, obviously, what Paige was saying last week where they don't have jobs and they're hurting for money and they need the show happens, which puts everybody in a bad position. But I kind of want to see the two of them move on. I don't know what you're going to do with, like, Kyle and Amanda. Obviously, Kyle is Summerhouse, so maybe leave him there. there. Leave him there, interchangeable parts here and there, whatever. Just see what you got moving forward and see how it happens. But I really am rooting for Carl and Lindsay to just kind of Go through this summer, have some Roni, fun, baby, and then move on with your lives. Go to Roni. Roni makes the most sense. Carl will be on when he wants to be on. Lindsay will make a much better housewife, I think. It just that seems to be. Look, they're trying to figure out new ways to do the shows. Try that. Yeah, that's Why actually not? not a bad move. Try that. See if it works. Let these people graduate from these, you know, what was supposed to be like twenty-year-olds having fun, and now is forty-year-olds having fun. Let them graduate onto housewife shows or whatever else you want to have them do. Make that your format. Make yeah. the early shows like, okay, you're getting your feet wet on the show. We're going to let you party and all that. When you start to like figure out your life, we're going to send you into the housewives world to tear your life apart again. Yeah, we'll see if Sandoval and Raquel <laughs> pop up in Beverly Hills. <laughs> Dude, wow, that would be a pivot. Holy shit, that's God, good TV. That would be awful. Let's start. All right, and I want to start out with the first thing addressed really is like the wedding list. Like who is going to get invited out of this crew? And Carl makes it pretty clear right out of the gate. The invite list is pending this reunion. I thought that was so funny. I did too. But I also thought it, it makes sets, sense. But it also sets a good precedent for the whole thing. It's like, look, I'm going into this with the intention of I want to make peace to yes. invite you all. I want yes. you all to be able to go to my wedding or at least Danielle. Like, he wants to figure out this shit. He is, like you said, he's too mature for the show. He's over it. He's over the drama. He recognizes where he fell short Mm -hmm. and talks about it. So by opening with that, he's saying, like, I see a path forward. I need you guys to, like, meet me halfway. That's what I get. Yeah, and I I think that it would be weird, and people do this all the time, to expect to be invited to somebody's wedding when you didn't actually support their relationship at all. Like, somebody such as Paige, like, yes, you're on the same show. Why the hell would Paige go to that wedding? They're not friends. She's actively rooting against Lindsay specifically. Yes, maybe she likes Carl, but that means that she's not rooting for the relationship. nuts. Yeah, so no, Paige shouldn't be able to go just because you're on the damn show. No, not at all. So no, I fully agree with what Carl said, and I laughed when that happened because it's so right. Let's see where everybody is because after this reunion, 
I might make more enemies at this point, and I don't really care because you know what? If you're not supporting me and my happiness, then why the hell would you be at my wedding? No, I totally agree. So I'm glad he introed with that. But the first topic of conversation is Kyle and Carl. And obviously, we've seen a change in the dynamic over the season, as is going to happen when you're working with somebody. Let me tell you firsthand, when you work with somebody that's close to you, it's a, it's a goddamn nightmare. Not you, Shooter. Uh, <laughs> Kyle just, he feels as though things started to shift when his relationship started to ramp up. Yes. Now, we do find out that Lindsay says, you know, I was in his ear. Yeah, but I was telling him he's not quitting. He needs to talk to his best friend and figure this out. Yes. I believe that. I believed it too. And I believed it even more when Amanda, of all people, came to her defense. Yeah. And said, look, when you get stressed out at work, Kyle, you rant to me. Obviously, I'm only getting one side of the story. So I'm going to believe everything that you're saying. But to hear that Lindsay is hearing what Carl is saying, and I know Carl very well, I know Lindsay very well, it makes a lot of sense that she's just hearing one side of this. And when Lindsay looks at Carl and says, look, you need to go have a conversation with Kyle, that makes a lot of sense because we've watched Lindsay over the years. We know that she isn't one to just completely back away from a fight and completely avoid it. She wants to face her problems head on. And she's trying to get Carl to do that as well because Carl has this whole kind of tuck his tail and run away a little bit and try to avoid everything. And he, that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to quit. Lindsay told him, go talk to Kyle, figure this shit out. And if you still want to quit afterwards, go for it. That's a very real way to deal with your problems. So I fully believe that Lindsay was doing that. And if it was furthered by Amanda supporting her. No, it was good. And it leads to Kyle apologizing, which is a great step in the right direction. Even if it like, this is what I do appreciate about Kyle. Even if it's not like a hundred percent wholehearted, like, yeah, I'm sorry. He at least will kind of like swallow his pride and say sorry. He's, he will swallow his pride in moments to move forward. Right. He wants to move forward and he doesn't get stuck on shit. Like the fact that he was able to say, I'm sorry, I thought was a big move. Yeah. And if you think about why Kyle was so the only time that he was revved up this entire summer and just screaming at Lindsay and Carl was after Amanda was hurt. Now, we've talked about it a bunch of times. Do we think that Amanda should have been that hurt by that? Absolutely not. But he was defending his wife, so he can apologize for saying those things and feeling those things. But at the end of the day, I, I like that Carl and Kyle have a good dynamic, and even Lindsay you can throw in there as well. They understand like, hey, at the end of the day, Kyle was really just defending his wife, and his wife is now defending Lindsay. So there's an interesting little dynamic going on between the four of them, and they can move on pretty quickly. And it was nice to see because, again, we don't have to get bogged down by that bullshit. No, it's well said. You're on point tonight, man. The next scene... I even texted Dev because she watched it before me. And I was like, dude, no heads up whatsoever. They talk about the dinner scene. And yeah. they talk about how Kyle outed that story about how he was coked up at work, forgot his laptop. And this scene, I was crying. Not choked up. Not like I was actually crying because when Andy steps in and says, talking to people that I'm close with in addiction, like the shame that they feel is so much infinitely worse than the anger you feel towards them. And mm -hmm. like watching Carl go through this moment of, yeah, that really fucking stung because I forget some of the things that happened and getting those staunch reminders is really, really painful. And firsthand coming from a guy that's like four and a half, almost five years sober. When you have those moments, like it's such a fucking gut punch. Like I, I wish I could explain it to you, but it's like you kind of gloss over a lot of that. You, you come to terms with everything you've done. You come to terms with everything you've gone through. You address it in therapy. You address it in rehab. 
everything you do to kind of move on from this problem. But we are labeled alcoholics forever. We're labeled addicts right. forever because you're constantly going through it, right? So when you have these reminders throughout your life and they come and go, it can be something somebody says to you and it can be something as innocuous as walking down the street and seeing something and like a memory gets jarred. It's a bizarre feeling because literally I'll be going about my day and something will trigger it. And it's like a memory I haven't thought of in five plus years. And I'm like, oh my God. And you get like sick to your stomach. You get like the hair on the back of your neck stands up. You get like the cold sweats because you're like reliving this thing that you did that you caused and it sucks. It's so fucking painful. So to hear your best friend say it on TV, I can't begin to imagine what that felt like for Carl. But what I love about Carl and why he gets so much respect from me is how he's able to process this, verbalize it, and share with an audience, with his friends, with Andy, with everybody present and knowing that he's talking to so many people and being able to relay what this moment feels like and actually do it in a way that you can connect with them and watch it kind of take place. You're like, Jesus fucking Christ, that's so hard to hear. It's so hard to watch and I feel for him. I'm glad that Kyle was able to like immediately say it. The soon, like the minute I said it, I felt horrible. I knew watching it back, I feel even worse. Like you don't need that reminder. And then watching Carl just break down, dude, that's when I broke down. I'm sitting on my couch at like four in the afternoon, just crying, texting Dev like, dude, what the fuck? You could have told me that this was so. <laughs> but no, it... I mean, that was that was the moment that I realized that Carl was too mature for the show. Yeah. And that it really does impact everything. And he's doing great. Obviously, he's fine. He doesn't seem like he's, you know, obviously he might hide some of his issues if he feels like he might be kind of white knuckling a little bit at the summer house thing but i this was the moment that i realized i want carl to do well in life mm. and i don't think that has anything to do with bravo and right then and there is when i realized that he was just too mature for the show when he starts talking about how early seasons he was going back and re-watching season one season two and how much of an asshole he was talking about his brother who was excited to watch his brother on live tv and see what's going on and then he just gets to see his younger brother just start talking about how Ariadne he has all these problems yeah. and it's just so rough and you can tell that it really did affect Carl and I mean the entire cast was up there sobbing yeah it was it was tough and you see a guy when you've watched this show for so long you see a guy like Carl now and you start to think about how he was five six years ago and how different he is and how far he's come it's crazy to think that and it's also crazy to think that there are people on the other side of the room that are calling him crazy. I know, man. After all of that, he might be marrying a girl that you don't like, but you get to watch this guy break down like this and show real growth over the last two years and be a better person, a bigger person, and you can still sit there and do that? That's disgusting, and it doesn't make any sense. But I do like, as we move on, it, it's a good segue from that conversation into... What I really wanted, and this was a question that I immediately wrote down before Andy even spoke it, the tail end of that dinner was Danielle feverishly Defending. trying to triumph for Carl, who was not there, against Kyle, who yep. was just talking the shit. And Andy immediately looks at Lindsay and says, how did that make you feel after this whole summer, after everything that went down, after you know how Danielle feels, to watch your ex-best friend, best friend, whatever – defend your fiance that strongly in that moment and i didn't get enough out of Lindsay. yeah that's my problem there she yeah. did not stand up and immediately say it moved me i felt so great i felt like you know what danielle is a very good friend you can tell Lindsay is still suck on what happened towards the end of the summer 
Yeah, and I don't know if she gets over things. I like I think that's going to be the roadblock here is that she still feels scorned and when she feels scorned, she seems to hold a grudge with the best of them. So Yeah. But I think she's going to have to move past it for Carl's sake because I agree. Carl is Kyle's or Carl is trying to smooth things over. He is. And and at the end of the day, yes, we can talk about how Carl likes to do this and you like to do that. And it seems like you're trying to get him to do more of what you want to do. Well, maybe, Lindsay, you should start doing a little bit more of what Carl wants to do and how Carl wants to handle social situations. Because, look, this is still one of your best friends that you spent a lot of time with. So if you can look at it from that point of view and say, holy shit, she defended my fiance when he wasn't there. That was huge. Maybe she doesn't have a problem with our relationship. Maybe there is a problem with the friendship and she feels excluded. And then it all kind of came to a boiling point, as we talked about a bunch of times. But to see her just sit there and say, yeah, I thought it was, you know, it was really nice. Like, come on, just show a little more emotion. You're allowed to. It's okay. You're not going to lose a battle because clearly Danielle is unhinged over there already crying because she feels like she lost a friend. And she's trying everything in her power to just try to make up with you guys and just try to find some level ground. And it seems like Carl's willing, but Lindsay is absolutely not. And you need to just extend a tiny bit of an olive branch. I agree. Just and, to move on. It, it could just move on and we're, we're going to be okay. Just to move on from it. But we get a check in with every couple that's in the house pretty much. But before that, we do get a brief little excerpt when they're breaking for lunch and Andy gets caught on hot mic and goes, Paige clocked in today. She doesn't uh-huh. say much. But when she does, it's worth taking note or something along those lines, which means Andy notices that she doesn't pull her own weight during the season. She just sits in bed. That's how you want to look. I'm looking at it like Andy. I was upset that Andy said that positively. Oh, you think it was positive? Yeah. I think think it was was... a backhanded compliment. Okay. All right. I I hope it's more of what you're saying because when I looked at it, I when I heard him say that, he was excited that Paige was showing up. And I was annoyed because I want Andy to see through that shtick and demand more from Paige throughout oh, the see, summer. But that for me, that confirms that because okay. he's saying like, yeah, she didn't like today. She clocked. We, we agree that in. he definitely knows that this is what happened. Yeah, but you think it's a positive. I think he was like, good. I'm glad that she showed up because she, but, I mean, she's done this for the last three or four years where yeah. she shows up during the reunion. Yeah, the Comes first season out of nowhere. Yeah, the first season she was kind of all over the place and that's good for the show. But the last three seasons, she's just been laying in bed talking shit the whole time, then shows up at the reunion. She's been doing it over and over and over mm. again, and she can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> Interesting stance. The check-ins with the couples are pretty quick and not very important. I mean, Paige and Craig are no closer to moving in nope. or getting married. Like I said, I fucking told you when they had that heart-to-heart that it was all bullshit. Nothing was – I said, at the reunion, bet me they don't live together yet. They don't live together yet. I knew they wouldn't. Paige, I don't think that this is your forever, man. I think that that's what's lying at the core of this relationship is that she doesn't want to marry Craig. If it was somebody that she was like madly in love with that lived in New York already, she would say yes in a heartbeat. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, her biggest holdup was that her family lives in New York and she's never lived outside of New York. I don't agree. I think that that's an easy thing to use and say. But I don't think that him living in Charleston is the reason that she doesn't want to get married. I also agree that if Craig was the person that she wanted to be with, it wouldn't matter that he lived in Charleston. Correct. She would go there because she even says, yeah, my whole family's lived here. But eventually, yes, I do want to live in the suburbs. That's where I imagine raising a family and doing this and that. Now, obviously, Charleston isn't exactly the suburbs of New York. But at the end of the day, if that was somebody that you wanted to jump into a family with right now, which... There is something to be said about the age gap. I know Paige is like 29. I think Craig is like 37. 
So Craig is getting no. to the point where, yeah, there is definitely something. Because Craig is chomping at the bit to try to start a family. And he's been talking about it for like five fucking years. Right. But then it shouldn't be, I disagree. I agree with you if it was still year one or like the first six months of their relationship. But because of the emphasis that's been put on engagement and moving in by Craig. This should not be some blindside conversation that you're constantly avoiding. Like, oh my God, this is such a, I'm not ready. No, I this. think he's caught in between obviously wanting what he wants in life and also being afraid to lose her. I agree with so that. So he doesn't really, I mean, if he was smart, he would see the signs that we see where Paige isn't leaving New York anytime soon. She doesn't want to do any of the things that you want to do anytime soon. Nope. So you're probably, if you want to get engaged, you got to move to New York. Do you want to do that? Probably not because you have the same holdups as she does. You have your business down there. You've got your family down there. You have your show down there. You're not going to leave Charleston. She's not going to leave New York. So what do you want to do? Just live in limbo for the next three or four years? I'm not telling them what to do. I'm not saying shit or get off the block. I'm not saying shit or get off the block. Isn't that what it is? Where do you take a shit? On a block. <laughs> get off the pot. Oh, it is pot. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Long day. Fucking wildfires, man. But no, I don't. At the end of the day, I don't think that we need to give this relationship a ton of energy because they're not giving it a lot of energy. Once again, well said. Rob and Danielle are broken up. I don't care. Uh, it seems like they just grew apart. He wasn't willing to like stop being a chef and Bobby be sniffing every fucking scene. Yeah, I know, man. Yeah, Bobby be sniffing. Bobby likes pasta. Oh my god. I know. It's it's blaringly obvious, but whatever. Um this is where things start to break down, and we finally get into Lindsay versus Danielle, which is what the whole season's been about. So why wouldn't the reunion end with that? This part blew my mind. Because there's a callback to it later that Danielle has an issue with because it was Carl doing it. But the fact that Kyle called your ex-boyfriend to have a conversation with him about the timeline of what happened. Were they okay during the season? To discredit the fact that everyone's saying Danielle's projecting. Which, by the way, talking to the boyfriend and him saying, yeah, things were cool. When he's also trying to not throw his ex under the bus. And by him, if he went to Kyle and said, yeah, it was a disaster... Like, we weren't getting along all summer. That's so much ammo for Lindsay and Carl. Unless it was a terrible breakup, Robert's not going to throw Danielle under the bus. He's going to say, yeah, things were fine. Yeah. Like, there was a the summer was totally fine. That wasn't projection at all because he's also involved in this whole thing. So, of course, he's going to paint the picture that they're in the right and Carl and Lindsay are in the wrong. That whole conversation is moot to me. That's null and void because you're talking to somebody, one, that's involved, two, was involved with Danielle. He's not going to fucking sit there and say, yeah, she was projecting our shit. No, of course not. And and I think that while I don't think you'd need to look too far into why those conversations happened, because Kyle said, I reached out to him about a business opportunity out in Aspen. Fuck that. No, I way. Know, it doesn't really matter why he did. I think he just wanted to get some dirt anyway. But nothing came of that conversation. It was sort of just glossed over. I do, however, disagree with you because Kyle talking to Robert and Carl talking to Robert are way different things. They are, but here's here's where I counter you once again. Mm -hmm. Kyle reaching out to Robert is one thing. Robert reaching out to Carl mm -hmm. to have the conversation changes everything because he didn't actively pursue Robert. Robert called him. Did Carl owe Danielle a text? Hey, I just met with Robert. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he did. He should have said something. Especially while Lindsay's sitting there saying, I didn't know if you were broken up. I thought that those two things didn't line up that, that way. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I, you see where she kind of 
fabricates things. Yeah, she avoided that like, one. You, yeah. you can tell that she's putting her foot in her mouth a few times during this episode. And I'm not, this is not like a I'm defending Lindsay episode. This is no, just. I thought a, she did really well the first episode, but she didn't talk a whole lot in the no, first episode. But, now that she has to actually answer questions and talk about how she feels, you're starting to see a little bit of holes in her logic. Yeah, and you're, I think you're going to continue to see them. But I think the most important thing here. And with the phone call thing, I just think it's funny that Danielle had nothing to say to Kyle, was totally fine with it. Well, it was also a phone call versus a sit down. But those, Carl went and sat down and had lunch again, with again. Like I think that's semantics, and I think that he owed her a text message. But also, the funniest part is the conversation seems to have gone well in Danielle's favor, and yet she's still pissed about it. He's Carl says well, like, I yeah, that just I heard a similar thing. Like she's just mad because it's easy to say, oh, see, you can talk to my ex boyfriend, but you can't even talk to me. Yeah, well, I mean that's not a bad point though. They haven't it's talked not, to her since the season wrap. But the setup, right? It's the setup because Robert reached out, and you know damn well that Danielle knew Robert reached out. There's no way. There's no world in which well, unless they don't they're have not that talking. Because the indication that I got from Danielle is that things did not go well with Robert and it was not an amicable breakup. I didn't think the way that she reacted and the way that she looked at Carl and Lindsay saying, you talked to my ex-boyfriend. I got the gist that that did not go over. Well, where's that energy for Kyle? That's all I'm saying. Kyle's not as close to her. It's not a best friend. It's not a best friend. That's avoiding talking to you. It's not a best friend that completely shunned you all summer. Shunned it's you. Different. That's what we're. Wow. Are we we still. This is again? my big problem from this reunion is that we did not get into what happened. Well, yeah. I mean, I, that's why annoying. we're sitting here talking there about Robert. No more. Yes, we're sitting here talking about Robert <laughs> because Andy did not push, and we gave Andy credit for the last. No, all Andy of did reunions. Was take Danielle's side. He, yeah, he took Danielle's side because there's no information because other people are watching this saying there's got to be more. There's got to be more. But instead, Andy didn't take the position of grilling Lindsay and Danielle talking about what he the fuck grilled Lindsay. He, did he grilled grill Lindsay because Lindsay couldn't really get a good answer out there. But the thing Everything is... Everything that she said was a little off. Well, let's go through it. Like, this is the three amigos section as I labeled it. And... Nice label, dude. Thank you. Danielle, rightfully so, says that it was a one-sided friendship. Do I believe that? Yeah, I can believe that. I saw their interactions. It did seem like she was putting a lot more effort into the friendship. Okay. Point for Danielle, I suppose. It starts out with the fact that she's like, you took such an issue because I was talking about your stuff with Paige and just because you don't like Paige. It's like, that's a reasonable thing to get mad at. If I didn't like a human being yeah. and I heard that you were airing out my dirty laundry with that person, yeah. that would add extra stank to it. Would I be mad you're talking about my shit to begin with? Yes. Would I be even more mad because it's somebody I don't get along with? Absolutely. So the For fact sure. that she's like leaning on that, like... If it had been anybody else, you wouldn't have gotten mad. So what's the big deal? It's like you just said what the big deal was. They don't get along, and you're giving yeah. Paige ammo that Lindsay and Carl are doing stupid shit, in your opinion. So, yeah, you're you're not helping the situation. It's just funny that she can't see, oh, yeah, that's problematic. Well, yeah, of course it's problematic. And, and we've talked about whether or not Danielle was projecting her shitty relationship onto Carl and Lindsay, who are having a good relationship. I'm taking a different stance on that. I think that... Danielle maybe realized that her relationship was falling apart. And where are her friends around her? She's losing her oh, friends. Totally. They're not there. She has nobody to talk to. And I fucking hated Lindsay's response to this. She looks Danielle in the eyes and she goes, you should have just texted me and said, I need you. I know. That was a bad. Come on, see, man. That was a bad response. But see, there you go. Point for Danielle. 
point for Lindsay because Danielle brought this is my this is my whole point. You can you go back and system? forth throughout this whole thing and you can give each person points. Nobody's winning. And this is what people that listen to the show need to understand from us. You guys think that we're like massive Lindsay supporters. No. I Shooter, even supported Lindsay Shooter for the last even like six less. Episodes. Yeah. But it's not even a support thing. It's a let's break this down from both sides thing because both sides are kind of shitting the bed right now. Yeah. But what bugs me about Danielle and it, she takes no accountability for anything that happened over the summer. Mm -hmm. She literally tells these stories like she's completely in the right. And it drives me crazy. I'm like, if you could just say in this moment, you know what? I shouldn't have been talking shit to Paige. Like, I thought that your reaction was over the top, but I do understand maybe I shouldn't talk shit to somebody you don't get along with. I think that if she just started it off by saying, hey, my actions this summer were because I felt like I was losing you guys as friends and I didn't know why and you guys weren't giving me any answers. So I was losing my mind the entire time while going through my shitty relationship. And yeah, I have things that I regret. I screamed into a pillow because I was so frustrated. You guys were moving ahead with your relationship and leaving me behind. I talked to Paige because I felt like maybe that would get under your skin that I was talking to Paige. That's absolutely why she did it. Let's be fucking honest. If she just said those honest things, maybe, look, maybe Lindsay's not going to accept that. Carl probably would. Carl would understand. People do shitty things when they're stressed out. This is one of the stressful things in life. You're losing your relationship. You're losing your friends. You have nobody to talk to. You don't have real friends. You've got these fake friends over here that are now suddenly supporting you because you're not friends with Lindsay anymore. You're not Lindsay's bodyguard. So now you're just losing everybody around you and you don't know what to do. If you're just honest about that, us, the viewers, will be like, I get it. Like, yeah, you did shitty things. It was tough to watch this whole summer, but we get it. Lindsay's not going to get it. Carl will get it. You might come out slightly on top, and at least, at the very least, you were honest and you get to clear things off of your chest. But instead, she just takes this approach like everything that I was doing wasn't that bad. You guys were just shunning me out, not talking about, not talking to me, not supporting me, not there when I needed you. It's like, no, that's not at all what it was. No. It's just, I don't understand. You've been on this show for how fucking long? You've gone through reunions before. Any reunion, this goes across the board. How are you not prepared to do things? I just sat here and came up with that just now. <laughs> Seriously, just now. I'm not even on these shows. I have no reality TV work. I could do this in my sleep. How are you guys this stupid? It's kind of what my major frustration with the entire season is as a whole, but the line of questioning from Andy and the way you went about it drove me up a fucking wall because he's like, why can't that be a concern that you're moving too fast? Like, why can't that be a concern? It's like, because the person it's coming from moved in with her boyfriend that she'd only known for two months. The fact that we're still holding on to this it's too fast thing bewilders me. Like, think, to my I very I Andy core, likes Lindsay. Uh, well, clearly, very cut and clear. very clearly has a yeah. vendetta out for Lindsay. Like, that's not even up for debate. Yeah. But my whole thing is, how the fuck are we still using that it's too fast? These people have known each other for seven goddamn years. Yeah. Seven years. The fact that they've been dating for a short amount of time does not negate the fact that they know each other. It's truly because these well. people do not like them. It's that's just the only, or that's don't, they don't like Lindsay. They like Carl, but they don't like Lindsay. So anything that she does, they are going to poke holes into. And it's got to be tiring to if you're Lindsay. That's not a hole to no, poke. No, that's not. No, no, no. That's not a hole to poke. You're right. It's something that they have an issue with. They they will take up arms against anything that Lindsay does because they don't like her. But Andy that's fucking included. annoying. It is TV. annoying. And then it goes to like the engagement talk. And they're Andy's like, well, don't you think that like she should have known? It's like, Andy, this woman screamed into a goddamn pillow. And then Danielle has the nerve to say, like, oh, 
I didn't mean that in a bad way. I wasn't screaming in the pillow because like I was upset about him and her getting engaged. I was just losing control of the situation. I was like, I just wanted to be involved. I didn't have any disdain. I just wanted to help you. It's like, what? How? Wait, you can't scream into a pillow, something that no one does in real life. Screaming into a pillow is reserved for television shows, for movies. Have you ever actually screamed into a pillow? Like full no. scream. I don't want to, but no. I haven't either. So that's not a normal thing. And if you think that Carl seeing that is going to be like, oh, well. No, his reaction was very genuine. His reaction was genuine and what all of us would have done. And I wouldn't have asked that person to be involved in my engagement either. No. I think that you could give him a pass there. But Andy is like, well, that's pretty mean. It's like, no, her behavior was mean. And Andy acts so ho-hum about everything Danielle did. And again, I know you're going to say it's because you hate Lindsay. I know that. But I don't get why she gets a pass just because you were going through something. And mm -hmm. this is kind of like the, the theme of the whole episode of this reunion. Just because you're going through something, just because it's a difficult time, just because your relationship's out of control, you're losing two of your friends, does not give you a pass to be an asshole. And you were an asshole at the engagement party. You finally apologized for it. Lindsay quickly discredits that apology which was a terrible look for her we'll get into that in a second but you're not lost on the fact that you fucked it up because she tried to be quirky she mm -hmm. tried to say something funny and actually shot herself in the foot because she's like and he's like would you have changed anything about the engagement party she's like i would have changed what i wore ha 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 would've i would have changed, changed how much i drank who i talked to how much I drank and how many people I talked yeah. to. So you would have changed the whole evening. You're embarrassed about the night, which means you can recognize that you were in the wrong. Okay, cool. Now that you know that, simply say, you know what? It came to a head that night. It got really real. I really felt like I lost you guys. I wasn't involved. I was spiraling. I acted like an idiot. I'm sorry. Could have been easy. Could have been you so You could just simple, look at what man. Kyle just did in an apology. Kyle did something very terrible, and he apologized wholeheartedly and took full responsibility. If you had just said any of the things that Steele just said or any of the things that I said a couple of minutes ago, you would get way more credit. And again, maybe people would forgive you. But if you're going to sit there and take that stance, I think she's just stuck between, am I supposed to be angry at these people because they're no longer my friends and they just pushed me out for no reason? Or am I supposed to apologize? And she kind of just hit some weird middle grounds where she was jokingly feeling sorry for certain things. And it was a terrible look. It was a bad apology. And I think, honestly, like... Yes, Andy's line of questioning was terrible, but I could tell the point that he just started getting tired of it. That's he's why over he, it too, yeah. and he just after he stopped grilling Lindsay and then started giving Danielle a pass. Somewhere in there, he just kind of gave up and just wanted the thing to move on so that they could get over with. Because that's really all this show was this summer was just that, and we're all tired of it. He's got to be tired of it. I get it. It's a one-off show. It's not a housewife show. You don't have to really dig deep into these things. And he just wanted to move on. And the rest of us did, too. I don't think one other castmate, except for that weird, like, interaction that we had with Sierra and Corey that happened. That was very awkward. Yeah. The rest of it, nobody else talked. It was just Kyle, Amanda, Carl, Lindsay, and Danielle. And the Paige. rest of them didn't say a word. Paige didn't say anything this, this episode. episode. Yeah, this episode, this, she did not say overall. a word. But you yeah. could say that about the whole entire yeah. reunion, those people talking. But we do get a Danielle apology. I didn't think the apology was great, but I'm not looking for great. I'm looking for a path forward, and that's a path forward. Lindsay understands where she was coming from, why she was hurt. I don't know. Lindsay wanted to keep going, and I oh, feel no, like I'm she just, was going to say but. Yeah, I'm just reading 
Because Andy cut her off and said, period, yeah. the end. Which, yeah. That, that's when I was like, Andy's done. Yeah, he's fed up because he knows what's coming. But then he pushes it a little bit further as the episode wraps up. Danielle, do you regret anything from that last conversation? Danielle says, no, absolutely not. Don't regret any of it. Lindsay, do you regret anything? She says, in the moment, I don't. Like, when I was in that moment, I don't regret it. And this again, and I know we, we got heated last time we discussed it, but this made sense to me in the moment watching it because you think she was cold heartless i thought she was just fed up and over it because it was the same conversation they'd had five or six times but regardless the worst thing that Lindsay could have done in that moment was then say that danielle didn't take any responsibility for her actions and didn't apologize and blah 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 she immediately discredits the fact that danielle was it a great apology no was it an apology yes Take it, accept yep. it, move on. Instead, Lindsay doubles down and says, like, she hasn't taken this accountability for anything. She uh, he she puts blame back on Danielle. If you're Lindsay, maybe she thought that there was more time left in this reunion. Maybe she was gonna be able to really get into this and really find her stride. But you had I don't think these things are like 10 hours long like the Vanderpump one is, but you probably have six hours. We're probably an hour five at this point. You don't have much more time to get into this. You can't sit for the first four hours, not really say a word, not really ruffle any feathers, and then decide now is when you're going to start to strike because everybody's fed up. Everybody's done with it. And you, like you said before, Andy lost interest. Everybody loses interest. And we're kind of done. It just doesn't make any sense to try to keep going at this point. And thankfully, we didn't have to. No, they they end it with a shot. And that wraps up Summer House for this season. But all I'm going to finish it with, with the Danielle and the Andy part, where he's like, hasn't she said enough, Lindsay? Hasn't she said enough for you to, like, accept her apology? Actions speak louder than words, all right? And I think that is true on both sides here. I think that Lindsay, actions speak louder than words. I think Danielle, actions speak louder than words. Stop talking shit about your friends, Danielle. Be excited for their engagement. Swallow your own petty bullshit. Admit that you're projecting because all you did the entire season was fucking project. Lindsay, accept the fact that you could have been a better friend throughout the friendship. Accept the fact that maybe you could have handled this summer better. This is somebody that you were really close with. Both of you swallow your pride. Move the fuck on. As Andy said, none of it's that goddamn deep. Mm -hmm. Just take a look in the mirror. You can both be better. Just fucking be better. Be like Carl. Just fucking be like Carl. This thing, like would, Carl. this thing would be squashed. But that takes us to the question portion of the show, and we got a lot of questions, so let's dive right in. From Brian Scott Patterson, do you see a Carl and Lindsay wedding one-off like the tree and ruddy face McDimples? <laughs> Louie. <laughs> I like ruddy face McDimples. Uh, no, I don't. No. I don't think they get their own. I think that that's reserved for... The Teresa Judices of the world. The she is like the OG of Housewives. So I yeah, think I don't think anybody would watch that. Yeah. From Ariel Michu, it's French, I believe. M I C H E A U X. Ooh. Or maybe, maybe down there sure. from the Bayou, down there from Louisiana. Could be. Could be Louisiana. That that's my occasion. It's pretty good. Not bad. Yeah. From Ariel Michu. Yeah. Maybe I should read them in accents and then I can get all the names right. We're going to try that tonight. Who do you want to leave Summer House for next season? Uh, Paige can go just because she hasn't done anything during the season. 
and take, I mean, take Maya with you, obviously. I feel like that's a cop-out, though. Yeah, that's We're going to go, like, main characters, just, I would probably say Paige and... I say send Lindsay and Carl to Roni. Yeah, I mean, that makes the most sense, yeah. And then you can bring him back as friend doves every now and then. Then they're not in the house that much. And I know a lot of people are going to be upset that, like, I want Paige out, but she doesn't do enough. I, she doesn't do shit. If you, you are defending, yeah. You can't message us and defend Paige and say, she's great for TV. She's great for the show. She's not. Actually, yeah, you can. And give us reasons. And explain those reasons. I know yeah. at least one of you is going to do this. So you need to have good reasons why I'll she's good for the show. Do it tomorrow while you're at the Phillies game, and I'm going to have to deal with it. Yeah, baby. That's why I'm setting it up now. All right, I got to do uh to help me with my pronunciation. All right, from M. Norino, do you think Andy was too tough on Lindsay at the reunion? Yeah, we kind of discussed that. I, I, he should have been a little bit more bipartisan in that whole situation, gone after Danielle a little bit more instead of Lindsay. But as we know, Andy does not like Lindsay. He <laughs> did an accent. And the last one. All right, two more. From John Critelli, do you think Lindsay was sincere in saying she wants to reconcile with Danielle? No, not at all. I don't either. I, I think that there could be a pathway forward with them being friends. Because of Carl. Because of Carl, and I think that that's going to be like 80-20 Danielle doing all of the friend work. Agreed. And the last one from DMG1965. No question. Glad this season is over. It was the worst. <laughs> Heard that. That's why we read it last, because, Jesus, hopefully next year they remember why we all watch Summer House and lean into that a little bit more. Give Corey the reins and just see what he can do. Bring Andrea back, for fuck's sake. Just yeah. don't give us what we just saw, because it's not going to work, and this show is going to go, and we don't want it to. We want to get back to fun Summer House. We do. Not Bummer House. Nice. Full circle, baby. There you go. But remember, we have our live show. We forgot to plug we forgot the plug at the beginning. What a shame. But July 26th, we have our live show in New York City at the City Winery, the main city winery. So make sure you get your tickets. Go to nofilterlive.com. They're selling really fast. We already sold out of our premiere tickets. So that's the seats up front of the house. There's still plenty of general admission. They all have a great view. So get them quick because I just said there's plenty and that's actually not true. <laughs> So yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, buy them fast because they're going fast. So get your tickets quickly. They're selling way faster than Philly did. They're not going to be last-minute tickets available. So get them now. We'll see you July 26th. Remember to follow us on all socials at Brav underscore bros and subscribe to our YouTube Brav Bros podcast. Anything else? Nope. That's all we got. By the time you're listening to this, we're leading up to VPR round three of the reunion. Get hype. Get hype. This is arguably going to be the biggest reunion in the history of reality TV for reality TV's entirety. I don't see something capturing the whole world the way that Scandaval did. I just don't see that happening. Probably not. So witness history. Witness history. <laughs> Jump into the cesspool with us as we divulge. That's all I got. Oh uh, yeah, I'm not that well, old. Yeah, anything. we'll uh, we'll we'll see you Friday. Okay, bye.